This is HPR episode 2155 entitled Ohio Linux Fest 2016. It is hosted by Ahuka and is about 19 minutes long. The summary is My experience of Ohio Linux Fest 2016. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hello, this is Ahuka, welcoming you to Hacker Public Radio and another exciting episode. Uh, this time I want to talk about Ohio Linux Fest 2016, which I just got back from. So I thought I would share some of my experiences with the rest of the Hacker Public Radio audience, a few of which were probably there. Uh, so <clears throat> one of the things that we had this year that was a, a very nice addition was a podcaster's table that uh, Joe Heck had set this up originally, and we had uh, 5150 was there from the Hacker Public Radio group, uh, also representing Linux Lugcast. <clears throat> we had uh, Door to Door Geek from the Podnuts Network, uh, and uh, Richard Hughes from uh, the Linux Link Tech Show, and there's probably some others. I, I didn't, you know, necessarily catch everyone's name. But uh, it was nice to have a table just for tech podcasters and swag that was being handed out, stickers, cups, what have you. Uh, so it was very nice. And you may hear more about that from 5150 uh, because he was the, the one representing Hacker Public Radio there. And I wasn't because I was doing other things. Uh, so, uh, the Ohio Linux Fest is generally a two-day event. So the first day they have, uh, and that would, the first day was Friday, October 7th, and there were two things going on. Um, one of them was, uh, professional training, what they call the Ohio Linux Fest Institute, uh, and that gives you the opportunity to get, uh, training in, uh, various tech subjects uh, from uh, professionals, and usually it's a few hundred dollars to, to get into that. Uh, <clears throat> at the same time that's going on, there's something they call the early penguins track. Um, and all that means is that this is a, another track of talks that happens a day earlier than the, than the main event of Saturday. So it, it's not so much that it's for beginners. I mean, we had uh, things like real-world integration with CF Engine, what's happening with OpenNMS, uh, brief introduction to GNU Screen. Um, I heard something good about devs are from Mars, ops are from Venus. Uh, yeah, Michael Lucas on introducing ZFS and so on. So there were some some pretty good talks there. 
Um, I was driving down from Michigan, so I took Friday off from work, uh, drove down, and it was afternoon by the time I got there. Uh, but I was in time for the opening keynote, and that was Catherine Devlin. Uh, and Catherine Devlin is someone who might be well known to people in the Python community, where she's very active. But uh, her talk was about hacking bureaucracy with something called 18F. And 18F is an interesting uh, thing. It is a, a government program. And what they were looking at is that, uh, you know, in the private sector, private industry, you know, you can move fast, you can do agile, you can spin things up in the cloud, and so on. Um, And that tends to be stuff that the government doesn't really know anything about. And the government has all this bureaucracy and, you know, everything is civil service and what have you. So uh, the way 18F was set up is it's people from private industry who come in uh, as essentially temporary workers. I I talked to Catherine about this, and apparently you can come in for two years and then get renewed for an additional two years, and then you have to leave because otherwise you start becoming subject to civil service and all of that kind of stuff. So these are all... um, I wouldn't call them volunteers exactly. They're getting a salary, but they're only there sort of as a temporary public service kind of thing. So she shared uh, a lot of the things that they're doing. uh, And then there was a talk the next day by one of her colleagues, um, Stephen Harms, who um, was sharing with us some of the cloud-related stuff that they're doing. Uh, And it was a talk called... uh, cloud.gov, automated, scalable, resilient, and powered by Linux. Uh, So they're starting to introduce a lot of these uh, uh, features of uh, the startup world into government and helping to make it more efficient. Catherine, it was very easy to tell listening to her, was just terribly excited by this. And when I talked to her afterwards, she was kind of regretful about the fact that she was going to have to leave at some point, um, and probably in about two years, because I believe she said she started in 2014, and the longest you can stay is a total of four years. So she's coming to the end on that. Um, After that, there was a kind of a happy hour party sponsored by Oracle, and had, you know, some drinks and some food and what have you. Uh, And that was done in the vendor room. So you got to snack and get a beer and walk around and take a look at all of the vendor tables. And, you know, so was, you know, Oracle, IBM, uh, Nagios, who was one of the sponsors. Um, This is where the Hacker Public Radio and all of the other podcasters had their table, um, there was an Ubuntu table and a uh, company called Cover My Meds, which is uh, kind of an interesting thing. I got to talk to them about what they do, and that involves uh, basically what they do is, is try and set things up if you have prescriptions. And in the United States, there's this whole thing about, uh, you know, if you want to get a prescription filled, it has to be authorized by the insurance company first. And so they basically uh, handle a lot of that bureaucracy for you. And if, if you're in, in a civilized country, you don't really worry about that stuff. Uh, so the uh, next day, Saturday, 
Um, I had uh, a very nice breakfast with uh, Mary Tomich from the Sunday Morning Linux Review and her uh, partner, and uh, then went to the opening keynote. And this was by Ethan Galstadt, who is the uh, founder, entrepreneur, etc., of uh, Nagios. And so he was telling the whole story about how he had started that company, lessons he had learned, um, what kinds of things you would uh, want to keep in mind if you wanted to become an entrepreneur and get involved uh, in starting up a company or some other kind of organization. So it was a very interesting talk. Um, after that, I wandered back into the, uh, the vendor room some more and got a chance to talk to a few more people. Uh, Richard Hughes from the, the Linux Link Tech Show was there, and I was uh, happy because I, I know he lives in Florida, and we've had this hurricane, so I had actually sent an inquiry, you know, are you okay kind of thing. And so seeing him there kind of answered that question. <laughs> Um, I talked to him and Joel McLaughlin, who is also from the Linux Link Tech Show and, and some of the other folks. Then um, I went to a very interesting talk uh, called Improving Computer Science Education with FOSS Style Projects by Roberto Sanchez. Uh, so he's teaching computer science uh and he's doing it with, obviously, some good industry experience as a programmer. And he was talking about how he uses uh, projects, and he sets the projects up in a way that is familiar to open source people and uses similar kinds of tools uh, so that his students get some experience. He said that a lot of times, uh, computer science classes, it's just uh, sit there and code something. And he pointed out that that's not how most people involved in development spend most of their time. So he was trying to teach them about GitHub and uh, being able to do merges and pull requests and collaborating with people using various uh, uh, online collaboration tools and even talked about someone who's not even in his college, in, in a college in a different state, who wanted to get be a part of it. He said, yeah, that's fine. So we'll do everything with remote access tools. Very inspiring talk. and I, I loved hearing what he was doing. Um, and after lunch, I went to the cloud.gov uh, thing that I had mentioned previously. Uh, and this was a little more technical because he was talking about specifically what are the technologies they use, how do you set up a cloud thing in the government, uh, and they basically have a contract with Amazon, so they're using the Amazon cloud that uh, you might use if you were a private company, um, and talked about the different technologies that they use. Then I went to a talk um, by Brian Sherwin about uh, open source software at Microsoft. And I, I know that that is, for some people, pretty controversial. There was one fellow in the presentation who was obviously very hostile to the whole thing. Um, and, but, you know, the, the way I look at it, um, trust but verify, all right? So I, I assume Microsoft is going to do whatever is in their corporate best interest, you know, and they're going to do whatever is going to make them the most money. 
And basically, they have a cloud environment called Azure, and they were saying, hey, you know, a pretty high proportion of our customers want to be able to run Linux on that. And they actually, it was very interesting. He was talking about they have a partnership with Red Hat. Uh, and that includes having some Red Hat employees that are stationed at the Microsoft campus at Redmond, and how if you're running Red Hat in the Azure cloud, uh, you know, anytime you open up a support ticket, it automatically opens up with both Red Hat and Microsoft, and uh, instead of pointing fingers at each other and saying, no, no, this is the other guy's problem, um, they take ownership of the problem. So it was an interesting talk. I was glad I went. Um, after that was my turn to give a talk, and it was one that uh, I, I've recorded for Hacker Public Radio, Password Best Practices and the Last Pass Hack. Um, it's a good thing I've given it before and recorded it for Hacker Public Radio and everything else because uh, my computer had a problem, uh, and that is that the video just refused to function, so... That there was nothing being projected on the screen, uh, and so I, okay, what are, what am I going to do? I've got a talk to give, so I just said to heck with the slides, and I gave the talk, and it seemed to work out pretty well. So uh, all's well that ends well on that. And then right after that, uh, Tony Bemis uh, from the Sunday Morning Linux Review did a talk on offensive security and countermeasures using Kali Linux, and this was very much a demonstration. Um, and in fact, one of the things he did was he brought in his own um, router and uh, set up a, a little network inside the room, uh, not connected to the internet or any other network. It was isolated, but... Uh, so several of it, myself included, I, I had obviously my laptop with me. I logged into it, and three or four other people logged into his little network. And then he was able to demonstrate using Nmap and what kinds of results he was getting uh, and how he could uh, ask questions about the nature of the computer and the operating system, et cetera, and, and how those things work. And then he also gave a demonstration using his own Android phone of how you can uh, put an exploit onto an Android phone if you can get someone to run the APK file that you've created. Um, I, I took a break after that, um, and, you know, I had my computer with me, and it's a big heavy bag with all of my stuff, so I took it back to the room. But I got back for the uh, closing keynote, which was a lot of fun, Democratization of Invention with Joe and Lily Bourne. Now, Joe Bourne um, was someone who first uh, came to the attention of a lot of us uh, for a device called Neuros, uh, which is a multimedia player, and there were several different versions of it. There's one called Neuros OSD, which I have. Um, well, you know, at a certain point, that didn't really work out very well. He's now with a company called Iowa. But what was most fascinating, Lily is his daughter. And a uh, 14-year-old girl. Um, and it was interesting because he was talking about how at one point she was so shy, she wouldn't even talk to the waiter in a restaurant if she had to order food. Someone else had to order it for her. Uh, you wouldn't believe it looking at her 
now because uh, she was just bouncing all over the room. Uh, and it was an interesting story she had to tell. It started with her grandfather having Parkinson's disease, and one of his problems was when he got a drink, he'd tend to spill it. And so, you know, as a seven-year-old, she sketched out an idea of a cup with three legs. Um, three legs gets just stability, right? Well, that was just the start. Um, you know, her father being someone who was an entrepreneur who knew something about business uh, was able to say, well, you know, what do you want to do with this? And uh, so they initially did a Kickstarter and got the device, um, uh, this, this cup, and they called it the Kangaroo Cup. And the idea is that a kangaroo has three-point stability because it's not only two feet, but the tail provides stability. And so they wanted to suggest the three-point stability. Uh, and they they did a like a I think it was fifteen hundred uh, of these cups uh, that the Kickstarter got them, uh, did that run and, and shipped all of those out. And then, you know, started to get more inquiries and started looking into other things and finally ended up going with 3D printing, uh, making it out of plastic. But, you know, various things started to happen. You know, the media started to find out, you know, what is this young girl doing, uh, creating this product and getting it out there. Well, long story short, um, she gets invited to the White House. Um, she meets the president. She gets to meet Bill Nye, the science guy. And, and so it's a, it was just absolutely wonderful presentation. Uh, and probably all of you would have enjoyed it if you had been there, but I was there. So I'm going to share that part with you. And then, uh, finally, there was an after party uh, sponsored by Nagios, who was, uh, you know, we had the uh, founder of Nagios as a keynote speaker. They were a sponsor for Ohio Linux Fest. Um, so, you know, it's a great company with a great story. Um, and they were giving out T-shirts that said, uh, uh, the only people who monitor more than us is the NSA. <laughs> Uh, something like that. Um, so it was uh, it was nice, and so that the uh, the after party was a chance to uh, spend some time with friends. So I I spent a fair amount of time with my fellow podcasters, with fifty one fifty door to door geek Richard Hughes and and some other folks. But I also got a chance to wander around the room and and chat with uh, various people, and of course as. Uh, in my capacity as the uh, tech track uh, programmer for Penguicon, I was, you know, lining up some possible speakers for that and, and doing a little work to, to get some leads. So that was uh, Ohio Linux Fest 2016. I had a great time. Uh, I hope I can get back next year. Uh, remains to be seen. It depends on what dates they pick and whether I have a conflict. But uh, I've already got an idea of a presentation that I'd like to put together and give if uh, everything works out. So uh, this is Ahuka signing off for Hacker Public Radio and reminding you, as always, to support free software. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.